0: Oh, doesn't that just fill the heart? That's what today's about—is—is is just pausing and reflecting and remembering God's goodness and His grace for us this past year. And um, I just want to encourage—you know, Kenny—Kenny Kenny hit the nail on the head last Sunday when he preached on just pausing and reflecting and celebrating and remembering God's goodness in our lives. And that's what the end of the Book of Esther is all about—the Feast of Purim. Where they, where they paused and they said, every year we're going to remember that God has been faithful, that he's delivered us out of things we thought were impossible to get out of because he's a good God and he's high and lifted up above anything we're facing. So I want to remind you today as we take a little bit of time to pause, we're going to have a few people come up and just share evidences of grace. And as they do, don't just get caught up in the evidence of grace itself, but kind of look through it and see Jesus Christ. High and lifted up. And let your heart just fill with worship and gratitude for how good our God is. And um, I couldn't think of somebody better to get us kicked off than our very own doctor, Peter Marabe. And I want to invite him up. He's going to share some evidences of grace with us.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, I wrote my testimony down just so I cannot ramble on and on. (laughs) Uh, We came to the US about six years ago, my wife, Sylvia, uh, and I. (laughs) Yeah, she's supposed to stand here next to me, but uh, she got a coffee stain and... uh, (laughs) On her dress, and uh, yeah, we want to to look sharp. Uh, To pursue further studies, we also have family that uh, members that have lived here for a while. So towards the end of my studies, as with any major transition, we came to a point of designing the next step. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to go back uh, to home, to Kenya, where we come from, uh, move to another place, or are we going to stay here? So following many conversations uh, and, the, and the process of discernment, we sensed that we were to, to stay here at least for a while. And some, some circumstances uh, surrounding us didn't seem to align with this feeling that we have, this sense that we had. You uh, probably know about uh, you know, the immigration and all that, and so we were here on temporary visas, and that was set to expire this year and the legal options to extend our stay didn't seem feasible. But earlier this year, things started to turn rapidly and dramatically. So in an unprecedented fashion, uh, my boss created a new position for me and requested the institution to sponsor me for an employment, uh, what's called an employment-based visa. At the same time, a family-based visa petition uh, from a family member that had been in a holding pattern for 12 years. 12 years, yeah, that is before you were born. <laughs> so, it became, it, so it became activated at the same time, like within a two-month period. And, and, and on top of that, we received the financial resources and the documents to, to file our paperwork. One important piece that fell into place was that our home government from Kenya gave us the clearance uh, needed by, by, the, you know, by the US government to allow us to stay, which was, which was quite a process in itself, okay? So on October, August 1st, we were granted legal permanent residence status, which has allows us to work, to go to school, to travel freely, and to, for work, ministry, and for family reasons. And so we can only attribute all these coincidences that all happened to be, you know, perfectly timed to God's providence, you know, and uh, that there are evidences of God's grace in our family, and for that we are grateful. Praise the Lord.
0: God is so good, and we are so thankful that we're going to have you guys around for quite a bit longer. What a bright spot in New City Community you guys are. We love your family. And uh, another, another family we love is our, our very own pastoral family, Pastor Kenny, and his wife Hannah. And Hannah's going to come up and share right now some evidence of grace for us.
2: Hello, everybody. Um, when I heard we were having a testimony service, I, I felt God, like, leading me to share, and I was kind of hesitant because what God did in my life this past year is pretty personal. And so I was, like, wanting to not do it. (laughs) But uh, in effort to be obedient, I just was—I signed up, like, two weeks ahead of time (laughs) to get myself locked in. Uh, (laughs) Um, So I— what I've, The word that has come to my mind in the past, like, six months or so has been deliverance and, like, feeling and experiencing God's deliverance um, is, is kind of a new thing. And, and for those of you who have ever felt like God has taken you out of something that you couldn't get out yourself, that's what deliverance is. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh. It's so awesome to be able to just have an opportunity to talk about what God has done in my life. So even though it's personal, it's it's what God did in my life, and, and, it, and I'm so glad for the opportunity to be able to celebrate that with with people, because not everybody ha- has that. Um, in 2017, I think, I, I think a lot of you guys know, we both started school, so huge life transition, and along with that was just a lot of adapting and um over that year it became increasingly hard for me to eat food and it um there was just a lot of anxiety around it and um and and fear and that's what i feel like god has delivered me out of just this this intense illogical fear of around food i mean it really robbed kenny and i for about a year of our meal times of, um, instead of catching up on our day, it was very much, you need to eat more, you need to do, you know, and me fighting and, and it was just, it was a hard time. And, um, God really used, um, used that to open my eyes. I got very, very sick and, um, had to go to the hospital. And, um, when I was in the hospital, I realized, or God, God opened my eyes to, um, To the fact that that fear had a huge stronghold in my life, and I needed, I needed his help. It's it's illness, but it's also there's stuff that um, he wanted to work in my heart about and through, and and um, realizing that I let thinness or food be my idol and give it more power, thinking that it could make it could give me a better life than what God could give me. And so I was believing in that for my comfort and security and not um, what God could do for me. And um, through through that through that time and through that recovery time, a huge evidence of grace was having community around to, um, like, just want, like, I just felt like that's all I ever talked about because it was, like, a, a huge thing in my in my mind, and yet people like the Youngs kept asking me how I was doing. How can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I come over? During a time where I felt like nobody wanted to hear what I was saying because I had already talked about it, and that meant so much, and like um, one one story is when I was very sick, um, Nancy just wanted to care for me, but I was not keeping up with my text messages, and so she just sat outside of my doorstep and waited for me to come home <laughs> and she was just on her phone when I walked up and and it's things like that where that is God's grace and God's love reaching out with his huge arms and 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 holding us so that we can take risks and and move forward in life and we can do do really difficult and challenging things and have the support of community and and um and prayer and also like a huge thing was that like I felt like um, there was a sense of repentance that um, God and through community and through prayer, I, I got to get led through. Um, and that was that, um, that was basically, you know, wanting, I was not resting in his sovereignty for my life. And um, and all, although it is a loaded, loaded, loaded topic, and I can't just... Um, consolidated into, oh, I just had to ask God for forgiveness, because that's not what I'm saying, and I want to be clear. But that he did work through my heart through that challenge, and I felt like he did deliver me from that food. And the way that I would describe deliverance is, is like, even when sometimes, um, you know, when you get tempted to want to go back into those patterns that you know you shouldn't be in, it's the Holy Spirit I would feel the Holy Spirit like that, you know, that tension on a rubber band when you stretch it. I would just feel the Holy Spirit pulling me back and saying, no, like you're walking in victory. You're walking in life and 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 feeling that distance from my old patterns. And so um, I'm just so thankful for his deliverance in my life and I'm thankful for you guys that I can share that with you and really like claim it over my life. And um, and know that he is such a good God and that he deserves our glory. Thank you.
0: Hannah, thanks for sharing that. I know those are unnerving things to share. And, And there's a lot of churches where that kind of stuff would just kind of not be shared. I'm so thankful for the grace of God and the gospel that creates a space of grace where we just get to be real and raw. With who we are, and we get to, it, it, we're not afraid of like what people think or judgmentality because of the good news of the gospel. Amen. And so we get to share that stuff, and we actually receive healing when we're doing it. That's what, as she was saying that, uh, sharing her evidence of grace, this scripture came to my mind Revelation chapter 12. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him. How? Listen to this. How do we get victory? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Amen. And I think that's that's the hope we have. As we share the evidences of grace, as we come with our raw realities and our brokenness, and we share, man, God is so good. He's so good, I can stand here in, in my imperfections and know that his grace covers all. As we share that, we receive healing, we become overcomers because of his blood that covers us and because of the word of our testimony. And that's, that's what a big part of today is about. So thank you so much for sharing that. That was awesome. Um, and now I got to figure out who's next. Oh, yeah, the doctor. I think the future reverend, Stephen Yep. We love Stephen and Jk and their family. And... Uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say, bro.
3: Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Stephen Yip. My family and I have been down in uh, in San Diego and calling New City home for about two years now. Uh, So evidence of grace, I'll just start off by saying I timed this last night, and it took like eight minutes. And I was like, if I get through this in two to three, that is definitely evidence of God's grace. Um, So... Let me pull up my notes real quick because I had notes. (laughs) All right, so um, I'm super excited about sharing evidence of God's grace from this past year of my life with you all, Um, hopefully to encourage folks that were in situations similar to mine last year and just to glorify God for what he's done and how faithful he is. So I've always thought of God as, like, our big creator, and he's love, and he is um, our savior. But I never really understood what it's like to have God as a friend until this year. Um, so last year, 2017, was a really hard year for me. Uh, moved down here, started a new job, trying to get in a new community. Um, being a doctor is pretty hard. Uh, so a couple of like, statistics I wanna throw out that might be shocking. So there was like a survey this year, 15,000 doctors, and 42% of them said that they were burnt out. Uh, and burnout leads to depression and it leads to suicide. And another kind of shocking thing, I'm not asking for like, pity, because doctors, we, I get to do some amazing things, but doctors actually have the same suicide rate as combat veterans do. And female doctors actually have a higher suicide rate than combat veterans do, which is shocking. I don't think people really realize that. Yeah. Um, and so last year we were—I was in a pretty hard place. I was definitely burnt out, uh, and burnout for me looked like just having like a short fuse. So I was getting frustrated and angry super fast. Um, was s- like dealing with anxiety for the first time in my life, um, and. Like, the worst part was just I wasn't emotionally available for my, like, patients and for my friends and acquaintances, but worst of all, for my kids and my wife and with God. And so, JK and I, we got together, and we were like, hey, this is, something's got to change. Whatever we're doing, it's not working. We have to do something different. And at that time, uh, we were still relatively new to New City, so... Uh, I would say I was pretty far away from spending time with God on a daily basis. I was pretty, f- I felt like although we were surrounded by folks, since we were new, we weren't really known. We were definitely loved and we felt that, but there's just like kind of a difference between not being known and feeling loved and being known and feeling loved. Um, and so, man, this year has been really, it was really amazing. So we prayed and God is good. Because through that prayer, He answered so many things, and all of these are going to be plugs for the goodness of this church body and for the (laughs) rhythms that this church body uh, promotes, because all of them are true, and all of them were huge and instrumental for me to get to a place of wellness and a place of being good with God and actually, like, having a friendship with Him. So in 2018, the East County La Mesa Gospel Community on Mission started meeting regularly, and through that, I was able to join a DNA group and felt just so much love and so like, served so well and loved so well by our GCM. And so if you're not a part of a GCM, I highly, highly recommend that you become part of one because they are like our family here in San Diego, even more so than our biological family is. Um, just doing life with everybody and sharing life and sharing the ups and the downs and being encouraged. Like in Psalms, it talks about how iron sharpens iron. uh, So does one man sharpen another. And through my DNA group, I definitely can say that that was an instrumental part for just being poured into and feeling loved and feeling known and being encouraged in those times when things were really tough. Um, So if you're not part of a DNA group, you should definitely be a part of one too, uh, especially if you're going through those hard times. So everybody in this crazy city that we call home, feel stressed, and things are stretched so thin, and I see it every single day with my patients who are stressed and anxious and not sleeping well and making poor food choices because they just don't have time for it. Being a part of a DNA group is so vital to being able to strive and to live a a good and healthy life the way that God intends us to. Um, So those two things were huge, and then, like, I made a commitment to pick up the Community Bible Reading Journal and actually get into it, and man, like, it's so good. Like, the Holy Spirit really, like, pulled my heart and was like, hey, God doesn't want to be, like, your side piece. Like, he doesn't want to be the thing that is just there that you're like, yeah, me and God are tight, but actually, we don't spend time together except when I really need him or when I'm, like, feeling down. Uh, And that was just super convicting. Like, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, "Hey, if you really want a relationship with God, He's like 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 we are. Like, you got to spend time with Him. You got to enjoy His creation. You got to be with His people. You really need to make it a point to spend time in His Word. That's alive and life giving, because that's the way that you can get to know Him. And it's been this year. Like, that's that's why I say that I finally know God as a friend, because this year." man, like scriptures have opened up and the spirit has just been speaking and it's just been so life-giving. So I really, really encourage folks, if you're not in the word on a daily basis, the CBR is a great way to kind of start that practice because I've never, it's never been something I ever did well the, I forgot, I don't know, 11 years I've been a Christian, but this year has been really amazing. So I just want to um, give a big shout out to that. Uh, the other thing is through the DNA group and through the gospel community, like we got to share our stories and share where our families are. And uh, oh man, I think this part's gonna make me cry. Uh, so my I, I come from a family of unbelievers. I became a, a Christian when I was in college, uh, and so my parents they don't they don't believe pretty much anything. But th- my gospel community and my DNA group have been praying. Um, and last night, like, I had dinner with my with my dad, my, my parents, and my family, and my dad came over, and today, like, he was going to come to church today, which is awesome. Like, God's really been pulling on his heart and bringing him in this year, which has been such a huge blessing and such an evidence of God's grace and goodness and faithfulness to prayer. Um, last night, he was like, hey, I, I'm not going to go to your church tomorrow. I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? He's like, oh, we're going to, like, the Chinese evangelical church, and... Uh, there's a class that they're offering for people that want to get baptized. Like Inside, I was like, wait, what? But I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, So that's just the, I mean, yeah. So this year has been an amazing year of just feeling God's love as a friend. Um, He's just a good, good God. So yeah, thanks.
0: So true, man. So good. Thanks for sharing that, Stephen. I just want to encourage you guys to let a day like today not just be a once-off, a a a once-a-year annual kind of a thing that we do together, but let this find some space every day, Some, some space to pause and reflect on God's goodness. So many of us, we go through life and we're dealing with anxiety and depression and all these things, and I'm telling you, if we could just pause and reflect on the goodness of God and his faithfulness and get our eyes kind of off the things that we're focused on every day and get our eyes high and lifted up and see God high and lifted up above our situations and our circumstances, it would bring joy and peace and gratitude in our lives. And I want to encourage all of us to create that culture as a church. Amen? Amen. Um, Next, we have Miss Joanna Gray. And I believe you actually have some, like, a PowerPoint slide to go with this.
4: No, I literally said to Kenny, how late can I give them to you? Because I got a bike as an early Christmas present, so I was outside in the sunshine yesterday. Sorry, that's weird. Anyway, but Christmas is the topic. Last year, I mean, Christmas is awesome. Uh, last year, uh, I went to Guatemala, and New City helped fund that, and so I wanted to tell y'all, what, ha- can we go backwards, sorry, it's very important. This red duffel bag is full of coloring books and crayons, very much like the ones up here that are gone, but <laughs> they all have a. there. Um, And I wanted to specifically make sure uh, some of the kids in the room were listening because y'all probably have huge boxes of crayons at your house, right? Markers, color pencils, probably even paint. It's not hard for you guys to have fun at your house, is it? Okay, maybe let's not go there. But (laughs) generally speaking, all the kids at New City have plenty of opportunity to feel loved, feel well-provided for, have more than is needed to have a a good day, to feel uh, their parents and God's love in their lives. Uh, So I partnered with, this is my roommate at the time, Yvette, and we'll get some more people once we get to the next page. Um, And we went with a group called Abugar International Ministries, which is Spanish and English. Uh, And that just means to be an advocate. And Abugar is a... I guess the best phrase is sort of a network of orphanages. Uh, They're not actually a house where any of the kids live. They have launched a capital campaign to become that, but that's not what today is about. Um, So uh, Yvette and I and the team, once we got there, drove, I don't know if you can see, this is a cow in front of a dirt road, and we were that rural most of the time after we got away from the airport. And we were just driving out for, I have hundreds of slides that I didn't bring, so I'm gonna do this in the very fast version. Anyhow, we spent 10 days, and we went to a variety of different places, sat in on some board meetings, which I'll tell you, with my level of non-fluency in Spanish, a nonprofit board meeting is not a fun time. It's just like, oh, Jesus, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) Kids, niños. Um, Anyway, so, but being out with the kids, Uh, We brought some coloring books, which, of course, you can do in any language, Um, spend some time telling them that we are here uh, because Jesus loves us up in the United States, and Jesus loves you here in Guatemala, and we wanted to come and make sure you had some Christmas presents. So we brought enough coloring books and crayons for each of the kids that we met, a pile of soccer balls, and some actual children's books in Spanish, um, because most of these kids are in non-literate homes, if they're in a home, and then when they're in the center— they have someone who can read to them, they just don't have any books. Um, so, okay, flip to the next, sorry. We'll we're tra- we're move through some of this. So this is the four of us on the team looking out uh, over a city. You know, Antigua, there's one in Guatemala, not just the famous one on the beach. So I was very surprised, like, oh, why are we going to a mountain? Isn't this a beach? It's Antigua. So I learned a lot while I was down there. Um, But it's just proof. Guatemala is a very Catholic country. They have a lot of these Christian values, but they also have a lot, lot, lot of gang violence. A lot of the kids live in a home, but it's very much not safe. So they'll come, and the school is their safe place. It's their special place. They don't bring any of that drama in. Um, But as soon as they walk back out the door, it's a little bit scary again. Uh, So we did... We were, we were using puppets. They had me speaking. They wanted me to tell the story of Christmas in English, and then they were translating it for the kids because we really wanted the kids to see a sense of there's this other church. There's this other community. The United States loves them, even though they're not seeing much of that um, in their day-to-day lives. So we were able to use some of the puppets, and there's a pile of smiling children holding their <laughs> coloring books. You want to flip again? I'm going to turn all the way around. Here we go. Um, And then one of the days uh, we met the kids and uh, one of the best days I've ever had was we went to, we piled them all in a bus and took them to the zoo in Guatemala. Um, So I personally take credit for the baby shark craze that happened because we sang that in the bus because that's a good English, Spanish kind of, the syllables fit pretty well. Um, So we broke into little groups and spent the day wandering around the zoo. It was completely paid for by the kids. They had an unlimited amount of Pizza Hut, uh, which most of them have never had more than a slice or so here and there. So just, I think most of them actually went home with a two liter of Pepsi, and that was sort of best day ever kind of (laughs) level. Um, And I got to play some Simon Says in Spanish, which is another good one for a limited fluency kind of a situation. And we'll wrap it up with a little last slide. Uh, many of the homes we visited did look kind of like the photos you'd expect to see. But they're coming out of this, and they're feeling so happy. And um, there really is a sense of we were there. To Sure, we brought them toys. We took them to the zoo. But the point is they felt loved by strangers because of Jesus for the day. And that was um, was impactful to me. But primarily, I wanted to take this chance and share it with all of you guys. Uh, because I don't have enough money to fund this on my own. <laughs> Neither do my parents. Um, no one I know personally could just drop that. And that was something that as a community, many of you personally supported. The church supported officially. Um, and it was just really cool to see. I had never done fundraising before because uh, I didn't grow up where that was. It was sort of, un- you just didn't do that. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe I should talk to my parents. Um, anyhow, and so that was one of those things that felt... Kind of embarrassing and weird to be like, hey, I'm going to go on this trip and I can't do it on my own, but I feel really convicted. This is what should happen. And then I think we raised the entire amount we needed in about a week and a half. It was super, because I was like, oh, this is a thing. People do this. The Lord works. It's crazy. Uh, Crazy awesome. So there's um, me having a fun time. (laughs) <laughs> I'll close by saying this. there was 10 days worth of evidences of grace. I can't condense into a five-minute presentation. I do have several more slide decks that I'll share if anybody's remotely interested, or the capital campaign program, again, if anyone's interested. Um, but the thing is, this is one of those things we always talk about, is New City builds each other up and pushes each other, pushes each other back out into the community and this is something that not just financially but also confidence level and just my I was kind of afraid and nervous about things and this is just a community that just supported me and then just like bye <laughs> what was that bye Felicia yeah thanks Vince. <laughs> um, on that note I guess I will just say I'm so thankful for all of New City and all of you guys, and I look forward to whenever the next uh, version of this happens. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Joanna. And guys, stay tuned, because next year we're going to have a couple of missions opportunities coming up. So if you're remotely interested in going on foreign missions trips, whether it's across the border or across the sea, or even across your street, talk to me. Uh, We'd love to get that set up. Last but not least, I want to welcome one of the elder statesmen, one of the, uh, he's, he's, he's like a pawpaw figure, not, not just figuratively for many of us, but actually literally for some of us. So, uh, Finn, would you come up and just share an evidence of grace? Finn Erickson.
5: Hi, church. I just want to bless you all in Jesus' name. I love you all, and it's so great to be here. Um, <clears throat> I want to uh, touch on a couple of things, uh, God working behind the scenes, his provision, and a little evangelism. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm so thankful to Jesus for saving me, even when I was using his name in vain, telling people there's no such thing as God. It's a crutch for old people. And weak people they can 't stand on their own two feet, even then you know he loved me and was working behind the scenes and um, so when I was a drug dealer, he arranged for me to get caught and do some time, and he had a guy in there doing time, but he was talking about Jesus, and w- you know we all thought he was kind of nutty and <laughs> made fun of him and was very mean to him. But I think a seed was sown, but it lay dormant for many years, but Sowing the seed is important. And uh, provision, <coughs> interesting. <coughs> uh, about a year and a half ago, one of our daughters was uh, uh, doing the paperwork for a house that we rent out. And uh, the mortgage changed. It went up a little bit. And she didn't know it, so she paid the um, original amount. And I think it had gone up like 20 or $30. Dollars. So after two months of that, we get a letter from the mortgage company and said, do you need help financially? Can we do a loan modification? So we looked at the numbers and uh, said, wow. So we did it. And all of a sudden, we ended up with a lot more money left over after the mortgage was paid. Then I went for a construction loan. And keep in mind, this is all unbeknown to us, right? The Lord working behind the scenes. Provision. So some of you that are struggling or are having a hard time, just Be patient, God knows, and uh, yeah. So, I went for a construction loan, and um, the banker says, uh, Are you a VA? Because you know, I said, Yeah, he said, Have you thought about a, a VA uh, um, refi? I said, No, so we did that, and it worked out, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, and all this happened without. I was really trying to do it, but it was it was like God just moved things forward you know with with this stuff and uh <coughs> um I think the Lord's helped me with my attitude towards people that I don't think talk right or do right, whatever. Mm-hmm. I used to get in people's well, I back up before i before I got saved, I was really proud of how much I could cuss and so on right so but after i after I got saved, i didn't like it, and I would uh Sometimes in public places and crowds, I would call out somebody if they were using the Lord's name in vain or swearing real loud, especially if my family was there. And it's probably not the best thing to do, but I never <laughs> got hurt, so that worked out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, um, so we cover provision. So, some of you that are self employed, uh, take heart. I've been self-employed for many, many years, and there's been times when you go, "Oh Lord, where's the next job coming from? What's going to happen?" Sure enough, he provides. So he does provide. He's a he's a good father, and he provides. Um, about evangelism, you know God's desire to share the good news through us, His people. Um, but you have to be a little careful. It's funny, we uh, my wife and I like. We love to talk about the Lord if He opens the door, and whenever I try to open it, it doesn't seem to work very well. But <laughs> so we're down in our timeshare in Mexico. We met some people and struck it off pretty good, and uh, ended up doing some stuff with them. And um, they're not really Christians, but uh, we kind of felt like the Lord put them on our heart to to uh, visit with them and hang out with them, and it turned out to a few visits, and then. Then it turned out to an invitation to go cruising on his 52-foot yacht in La Paz. So we decided, okay, we'll lay down our lives for the gospel <laughs> and try to, try to witness, you know. So we ended up spending two weeks with them on that trip and then 10 days uh, cruising the Sea of Cortez on his private yacht. And, uh, you know, his deckhand took care of the dishes and cleaning and cleaning the fish and all that stuff. Did a lot of the work. So anyway, sometimes you've got to give up something for for the sake of the gospel, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, but God is so good, and I just love you all. You're, a lot of you are young enough to be our children, but we feel like, you know, you, you look at us like brothers and sisters, and which is so wonderful. So this is a great place. We've got some wonderful shepherds here. Not trying to make a name for himself, build a big building or lots of money, but a real shepherd's heart looking after us. And I'm so thankful to God for the wisdom and the talent he's put into you guys. Thank you so much. Love all you. Amen.
6: Amen. Before I say anything else, I just want us to give thanks to God again with a hand clap. Thank you, mm. Mm. It's amazing to hear just a little glimpse. That was just, what was that, five people? Five people? Six people? Just five stories of what God has done in the last year. Can you imagine how much more <laughs> God has been doing in this family and through this family. And one of the the reasons we do this every year is to make time as a family to celebrate those things, Um, because we don't always get to hear what God is doing in so-and-so's life, but it's great to have um, times to share those evidences of grace and remember where God is moving in us. And I was thinking, um, we call it Thanksgiving Sunday, and it's kind of like you could split that up into... You know, the root word of thanksgiving is thanks and giving. And um, <laughs> uh, that sounds really astute. No, but we've, we've kind of spent the, the whole time up to now just doing the thanks part. But we also have done this. We started doing this last year is taking an offering on Thanksgiving and dedicating that offering specifically to um, ways of service and mission and ways of giving outside of ourselves. Um. And so as a church, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, from the beginning, New City decided, you know what, we we talk about giving, uh, we, we disciple people in gospel giving, disciple people in giving um, to the church, to what God is doing here, and as a church itself, we also want to mirror that. So we started from, I guess, almost five years ago, about four and a half, five years ago, and saying, we're also going to give at least 10% of everything our church receives financially, outward to planting churches, to missions overseas, to, to whatever happens. So that's something that, that happens every year. A, a large chunk of that goes to church, uh, church planting um, organizations. A lot of those either here in Southern California or kind of across the U.S. and a little bit global. Um, but then we also had a, a portion of that, I forgot the exact percentage, that we said we don't just want to support church planting. We also want to support international things. We want to support ways to serve and, and ways to do missions. So when we um, gave an offering last year, the, the final amount that came in was um, uh, $4,124 from our... Which is awesome. It was awesome. And um, that, that basically that amount, we said we want to raise that so that our, our missions and our, our giving towards missions and service opportunities, we can raise that so that... Um, No matter what, we're going to be able to give that money out this year. And so if you combine that with the percentage that we already give, basically our church, um, not even talking about just church planting. Church planting, I think about $16,000 this year is going to plant other churches. And I'm talking about, I'm trying to think of how many in particular, but I know it's over 18 churches that we are giving towards through that amount. And then this missions part that we're talking about is on top of that that we as a church want to be part of what God's doing all over the world. We want to be part of reaching unreached people groups. We want to be part of sending people on mission trips like Joanna was talking about. We want to be part of blessing um, groups like Open Doors. How many of you guys were here last month? We had uh, a minister from Iraq share stories of the persecuted church there. You guys remember that? Um, We are part of, of ministering to those things. So um, this year, basically, we're able to give um, upwards of, or right over, let's see, $8,004 yeah. towards those projects. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. And I, I just listed off a little bit of that, but um, 1,200 of that is going towards open doors and specifically persecuted churches in Indonesia and Iraq. Um, Uh, 1,200 of that is going towards a Romanian church plant um, that Todd connected us with um, and uh, freeing them up to do more ministry there. Uh, Another 1,200 is going towards uh, Karuna Care Coffee in Nepal, which their whole focus is um, helping people get out of human trafficking and sex slavery. Yeah. And one of the ways they're doing that is through opening up a coffee bar to provide jobs for people who are coming out of that industry. And you are a part of that through giving um, and stuff like this, what we're doing today. Um, we're giving um, 1,200 Towards Unreached People groups through a group called SMF Global, which trains um, church plant. They do a lot of things, but one of the things they do is train church planters in India to go out and reach unreached groups in India. And so far, they've already trained, I think, 56. We're part of that. Um, we give towards things in uh, middle school. Uh, the, the Roosevelt Middle School here, that's um, towards uh, school supplies for kids that don't have them, backpacks um, for uh, kids who are homeless and don't have those supplies. We do that every year. Um, uh, 1900 of that has gone towards mission opportunities connected with new cities. So that's different people who have gone out, like Joanna, or, or Lily, or. Um, uh, even uh, City Heights uh, Soccer um, uh, World Cup that we've done are uh, been connected to. And so, yeah, so I just wanted to give a brief presentation and just remind you guys that um, what goes on here and what we give to here is so much bigger than just here. It's so much bigger than uh, even the, the faces that we see here today every week we gather when we give um, as unto the Lord, God is able to multiply those efforts. And we as a church are able to say, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. And I may never meet that person who's affected by this money until heaven. <laughs> and then I'll get to see them. And then I'll get to say, wow, it's so great to meet you and to know you and to know that we got to play a small little part in that. And so it's, t- for me, this is one of the most beautiful uh, times that we have as a church Every year to combine grateful hearts with an opportunity to give, and and so that's what we're doing. I know Vince is going to come up and kind of close us out, but um, we it's hard for us to kind of set uh, a a goal for this. Um, but it's kind of like you just set a goal and then you go for it and then we see what happens. <laughs> um, but our goal for this year is to give is to raise ten thousand for this offering, and I believe we can do it. And and that. That money that we raise, whatever the amount is that we raise, is going to go towards missions like that. So um, just praying that you guys would uh, join in with that. Vince, if you want to come on up, and we're going to end with uh, worship here in a little bit.
0: Thanks, Kenny. So, guys, uh, how many many of you are feeling grateful right now in this moment? (laughs) Amen. I thank God for all these evidences of grace. These little moments, these pictures, these windows through which we get to see God is at work in our lives. God is full of grace, full of love for all of us. And we see that, of course, uh, in the gospel. We see a God who is generous and gracious and didn't withhold but gave everything. John 3.16, we all probably know it by heart. God so loved the world that he what? Gave Get it, Derek, yeah. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, and he didn't withhold anything. He gave his, his most precious gift, his one and only son, so that we could have life. And the more that we believe in that, the more that we can rest in the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ came and willingly laid aside his riches, laid aside his splendor, his glory, and emptied himself, Scripture says, And came down and took on the form of a a man, a form of a servant, and lived a perfect life. I can't imagine what that's like to every day, not only not do anything wrong, but to always do what is good and right and perfect. And then to take that righteousness and give that to us. And to take our sin upon himself on the cross. So today as we take time and respond, we get a chance to remember not only the good things that God has done for us this year, the good things he's currently doing in this community, hopefully to get outside of ourselves and look out and look up and see him high and lifted up above our circumstances, but to remember the good news of the gospel, that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, died an atoning death in our place, and is now resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father over every situation that we're facing. So we're going to come together. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. We're going to remember this over communion. And I want to encourage you, if you would like prayer today, maybe right now, as everybody else was sharing evidences of grace, you couldn't snap yourself out of the negative emotions and the voices of darkness that would be speaking to you. I want to encourage you to come and get prayed for deliverance, like Hannah was talking about, because there's some things we can't do on our own. We need God to save us. Amen? Come down and get prayed for today. If you've been fixated on Christmas lists and all the stuff you don't have and all the stuff you want, come down and take communion and remember all that you have. And all that you have has been freely given out of love for you. And, and also, in, in addition to singing, being prayed for, taking communion, we're now going to take that offering. And it's a time for us, not out of guilt, but out of grace to respond to a God who generously gave up everything for us, And say, God, everything that I have right now that I'm holding in my hands, that I'm holding in my bank account, the breath I'm holding in my lungs, it's a gift from you. And I want to acknowledge that by giving it all back to you in my heart and by saying, God, what what of this do you want for your kingdom this year? Because even $1 in some other context is multiplied. We know this. As Americans, just even little tipping over in other countries can do wonders. So I want to encourage you to really pray and pause and say, God, what do you want from me this year? What do you want from my family? To respond to the gospel in generosity to those in need around the world, our brothers and sisters, and those who are God's lost children that may, because of a dollar this year, hear, hear him calling their name for the first time. Let's pray. Father, we give this time to you. We want to respond not out of guilt not out of pressure not out of the infomercials we see on late night tv but out of love i pray that perfect love would cast out the fear that some of us have around our lives and our finances and giving those freely away that we would trust in your sovereignty that we would look backward toward your gospel and be freed by the grace given to us in christ and that we would look forward to your kingdom and remember that this world is not our home That the money that we have is not our true security, it's not our hope, it's not our Savior, you are. Free us up to live lives of generosity and grace that reflect the life of generosity and grace you freely gave for us. And we want to give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen.